This is the JEGM Show Weekly Update. I'm Jacobin, and here are the weekly headlines. On Sunday, two people died and an estimated 20 to 25 people were injured in a shooting outside a banquet hall in South Florida. The gunfire erupted early Sunday at the El Mula Banquet Hall in northwest Miami-Dade County, and the banquet hall had been rented out for a concert, and three people got out of an SUV and opened fire onto the crowd. Police Director Alfredo Ramirez III said authorities believe the shooting was targeted. Quote, These are cold-blooded murderers that shot indiscriminately into a crowd, and we will seek justice. And yet that is another one of a major trend within the United States in 2021 of the last 235 mass shootings within the United States as of May 30th, 2021. This includes the San Jose shooting in California on May 26th that killed nine. The Boulder, Colorado shooting on March 22nd that killed 10. The Colorado Springs shooting in May 9th that killed six. Orange County, California mass shooting on March 31st that killed four. Muskogee, Oklahoma mass shooting that on February 2nd that killed six. Allen, Texas shooting on April 3rd that killed four. The Indianapolis shooting on April 15th that killed at least eight. March 13th that killed four. And January 24th that killed five. The Chicago and Evanston mass shooting on January 9th that killed five. The Essex, Massachusetts shooting on March 28th that killed four. Boone County, North Carolina shooting on April 28th that killed four. Rock Hill, South Carolina on April 7th that killed six. And the Atlanta shooting on March 16th that killed eight. On Friday, May 28th, the Senate Republicans blocked a plan for an independent commission on the January 6th Capitol riot. Senate Republicans have blocked the plan to establish an independent commission on the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. The proposal would have been created a body modeled on the one established to investigate the 9-11 attacks. Bipartisan legislation to establish an independent commission to investigate the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol had failed in the Senate as Republicans staged their first filibuster since President Biden took office to block the plan. The final vote Friday was 54 to 35, but Republicans without the vote necessary to bring the bill up for debate. Just six GOP senators joined with the Democrats, leaving the measure short of 60 votes needed to proceed. The proposed commission was modeled on one established to investigate the 9-11 terrorist attacks with 10 commissioners, 5 Democrats, and 5 Republicans who would have supported the subpoena powers within the commission. A Democratic chair and a Republican vice chair would have had to approve all subpoenas with the final report due at the end of the year. The House approved the measure 252 to 175 last week with 35 Republicans joining all Democrats in support of the plan. But Senate Republicans, led by Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, were deeply skeptical of the commission in the days leading up to the vote. McConnell had dismissed the proposal as a, quote, purely political exercise, unquote, given that two Senate committees are already looking into the events of January 6th and remarks from the floor to Thursday. McConnell called into question how much more a commission would be able to unearth, quote, I don't believe the additional extraneous commission that the Democratic leaders want would uncover crucial new facts or promote healing, unquote. Frankly, I do not believe that it is even designed to. Former President Donald Trump had been another vocal critic and attacked the effort to create the panel as a, quote, Democratic trap. Had the commission moved forward, Trump would have likely had been called to testify over his role in inciting the insurrection and his administration's response to the attack. 
In remarks on the Senate floor after the vote, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer described the outcome this way, quote, Out of fear or fealty to Donald Trump, the Republican minority just prevented the American people from getting the full truth about January 6th. He added, Shame on the Republican Party for trying to sweep the horrors of that day under the rug because they're afraid of Donald Trump. President Biden supported the commission, speaking to reporters on Friday. White House Principal Deputy Press Secretary Karen Jean Pierre said Republican senators swear, quote, an oath to support and defend the Constitution, and today, unfortunately, they failed to do that. The lack of sufficient GOP support came despite a last-minute push by Maine Susan Collins, one of the most moderate Republicans in the Senate, to rally support within the GOP caucus. Quote, I want to see a commission. We need a commission. There are a lot of unanswered questions. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi could move forward to select a committee to conduct an investigation, but would likely face difficulty finding any Republican support. It is not clear where Congress goes from here, but the rules and the Homeland Security Committees in the Senate have investigations underway looking at the response into the insurrection by police and National Guard, but neither is focused on the events leading to the incitement of the attack. On May 25th, George Floyd's family meets with Biden amid negotiations over police reform bill. It has been the one-year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. President Biden lauded the courage of George Floyd's family after meeting with them on the first anniversary of his murder by a Minneapolis police officer, a killing that launched protests and calls for police reform nationwide. The family visited with Biden Vice President Harris at the White House on Tuesday and also met with congressional leaders in Washington, D.C., the meeting with Biden and Harris lasted approximately an hour and was kept private. The White House said that those visiting was including his mother, his daughter, three brothers, and a nephew. Biden told the reporters that the meeting went, quote, incredibly well. In international news, the Israel and Palestine conflict went to a ceasefire as Israel decided to reach agreements with Hamas in, within the Gaza Strip. And within a shift in public sentiment, many have portended a new phase in the decades-long history of both black American solidarity with the Palestinian cause and with that of the United States and its support of an apartheid state of Israel. The outbreak of violence coincided with the Night of Qadar, observed by Muslims and Jerusalem Day, and in Israeli national holiday, the confrontations occurred ahead of the planned Jerusalem Day march by far-right Jewish nationalists that was later canceled. On that night, more than 600 people were injured, mostly Palestinians, drawing international condemnation. On May 6, when Palestinians began protesting in East Jerusalem over an anticipated decision of the Supreme Court of Israel of the eviction of six Palestinian families in Sheikh Jarrah, under international law, the area effectively annexed by Israel is a part of the Palestinian territories that Israel currently holds under belligerent occupation. As a result of the violence, at least 254 Palestinians, including 66 children, were killed. In Israel, 13 people were killed, including one child. The Gaza Ministry of Health reported that more than 1,900 Palestinians were injured as of May 12. Israel reported at least 200 injured Israelis. As of the 19th of May, at least 72,000 Palestinians have been displaced. Around 4,360 rockets were fired towards Israel from Gaza, of which 680 fell within the Strip. Israel conducted 1,500 air, land, and sea strikes on the Strip. Calls for a ceasefire were first proposed on the 13th of May by Hamas, but it was rejected by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. On May 18th, France, alongside with Egypt and Jordan, announced the filing of the United Nations Security Council resolution for a ceasefire.
A ceasefire between Israel and Hamas came onto effect on the 21st of May, ending 11 days of fighting with both sides claiming victory. More of this will be followed by a special segment on the JGM show on the Israeli and Palestinian conflict coming soon. An exclusive story coming from the Wall Street Journal indicated that three researchers from China's Wuhan Institute of Virology became sick enough in November 2019 that they sought hospital care according to a previously undisclosed U.S. intelligence report that could add weight to growing calls for a further probe of whether COVID-19 virus may have escaped from the laboratory. The details of the reporting go beyond a State Department fact sheet issued during the final days of the Trump administration which said that several researchers at the lab, a center for the study of coronaviruses and other pathogens, became sick in autumn of 2019, quote, with symptoms consistent with both COVID-19 and common seasonal illnesses. The disclosure of the number of researchers, the timing of their illnesses, and their hospital visits come on the eve of a meeting of the World Health Organization's decision-making body, which is expected to discuss the next phase of an investigation into COVID-19's origins. Current and former officials familiar with the intelligence about the lab researchers expressed differing views about the strength of supporting evidence for the assessment. One person said that it was provided by an international partner and was potentially significant, but still in need of further investigation and additional corroboration. Long characterized by skeptics as a conspiracy theory, the hypothesis that the pandemic could have begun with a lab accident has attracted more interest from scientists who have complained about the lack of transparency by the Chinese government or conclusive proof for the alternative hypothesis, that a virus was contracted by humans from a bat or other infected animal outside the lab. Many proponents of the lab hypothesis say that a virus was carried by an infected bat may have been brought into the lab so that the researchers could work on potential vaccines only to escape. While the lab hypothesis is being taken more seriously, including by the Biden administration, the debate is still colored by political tensions, including over how much evidence is needed to sustain a hypothesis. The State Department fact sheet issued during the Trump administration, which drew on classified intelligence, said that the, quote, U.S. government has reason to believe that several researchers inside the Wuhan Institute of Virology became sick in autumn of 2019 before the first identified case of the outbreak, with symptoms consistent with both COVID-19 and seasonal illnesses. That was the JGM Show Weekly Update. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you check out our other podcasts from earlier episodes and seasons. Make sure you subscribe from either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And we will see you in the next episode.